Are you tired of all the voices who say, focus on the bottom line numbers? Say whatever you have to, just close the sale. Just get the credit card. It doesn't matter what you deliver. You will never build a successful business until you grow a pair and stop caring so much. Here, we respectfully disagree. We give you permission to embrace who you are, how much you care, and encourage you to design a business that works for you and your clients. Welcome to The Art of Giving a Damn, the podcast that proves with every single episode that you can create a profitable business doing what you're passionate about and making a positive difference in the world. Now, here's your host, Michelle Schaefer. Hey, welcome to another episode of The Art of Giving a Damn. My guest today is Pradeepa Narayanaswamy, and I'm really curious to have a conversation with you today, Pradeepa. You have chosen a very challenging field to work in, and I'm curious to hear more about how you ended up there. So first, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Michelle. So glad to be here today with you. I am glad that you're here. So for those who are listening, uh, Pradeepa is an infertility coach, and she's been through quite a lot of experiences herself and, and struggled with infertility. She's gone through the emotional, physical, mental, and spiritual challenges that come along with that. But uh, as you can see, when you go to her website, we'll give you that URL. It's in the link in the show notes, too. There's a photo of her with a beautiful child. So, Pradeepa, why don't we start with your story and what got you into what you do today? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, my story, what I got into doing today was very interesting, even for yeah. me personally. But it all started with, the, um, you know, um, my first miscarriage actually so I, I you know we've been married now I'm this is my 20th year um, in being congratulations oh yes thank you but then uh, one of the things was you know when you when you get married um, you know you're expected to have a child and that's something that's um, that's kind of you know quite quite normal in, and me coming from an Indian origin right. it's pretty expected so when you go on uh, with your life like that and um, when things are not happening especially that's when you know like curiosities are perking and like yeah. you are also confused like why is this not happening like what what, what is what's going on here yeah. right and eventually we get pregnant um, and I did get pregnant for the first time but one lead to um, miscarry one lead to uh, lose the child and wow. for me that was very shocking personally for me that I ended up <sighs> losing a child and how naive of me at the time I really didn't know one in three women miscarry in her lifetime so wow. that's a, quite a lot of women that's a, that's a big percentage it's I didn't realize of the pregnancies end up wow. miscarried actually I didn't so realize it was that high yeah Wow. It is really high. When it happened to me, real, uh, really, then that's when I got like, wow, this is hard. Um, this mm -hmm. is really, you know, painful. This is really challenging. And um, I actually grieved for a very long time after after I first miscarried. But then, you know, I got up and you know, um, you know, went about my life, only to get pregnant again, to miscarry mm -hmm. again, uh, to get pregnant for the third time, and to miscarry again. Mm -hmm. So. 
after three miscarriages, we ended up seeing our doctor and our OBGYN was also mm-hmm. equally confused. Just, hey, what's going on here? Right. And then uh, uh, just said, like, let's go. Let's, I know I want you to refer, I want to refer you to a fertility doctor. Mm-hmm. So little I know at that time, that's going to change my life uh, forever. Uh, so yeah. very eagerly because I was, again, naiveness, right? I didn't know that, like, that I didn't even know at that time there was a specialist for fertility. Mm-hmm. I thought, like, you know, everybody who gets pregnant, you know, if you have unprotected sex, you, you conceive and you have a child, right? Like that, like, right. it's easy, 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 right? But yeah. when it didn't happen to me, because people around me, when, when I grew up, it happened to all of them. Right. And so when it didn't happen to me, I got like really shocked, like, why is this? But then mm-hmm. when I heard about, oh, there are specialists for fertility challenges or fertility, right? At, this, at that time, challenge quite there. So fertility, I was intrigued and I was also surprised at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking to myself, my God, how naive of me. I didn't even know that this existed. Yeah. So started seeing the doctors, very excited. Because that gave me a new renowned hope because, you know, I lost three, three in a row. So now, okay, mm-hmm. now this is going to fix me because now there is a medical problem with me. So they're going to find what that is. They're, we are going to rectify that and it's going to fix it. Right. Um, so we tried, you know, as, as a fertility um, doctor, they typically starts with fertility drugs. Mm-hmm. That didn't work for me. And then, you know, you go on to smaller treatments, um, less invasive treatments. IUI was the first one, uh, intrauterine insemination. Three rounds mm-hmm. of that, it didn't work. Although the percentage wow. of success with IUIs are typically very, very low in general. Huh. So, you know, me being super enthusiastic about these things, I used to spend quite a lot of time in Google searching for yeah. data, searching for results, searching for magic pill that's going to help me, that's going to cure me, that's going to help me have a baby, right? So quite a bit of, inf- I learned quite a bit during that time, and IUI as it stands, like it doesn't have a lot of success percentages, and mm-hmm. I was okay with that, knowing that, you know what, I may be one of those per- people. Right. And then comes the IVF, which is in vitro fertilization. Mm-hmm. Until today, that's the golden standard for fertility treatment. Right. So, I was even optimistic and excited because they had IVF had a much larger success rates mm-hmm. and it's more complicated and it's more um, you know it's one of those latest and greatest treatments out there mm-hmm. for fertility challenges and that's kind mm-hmm. of like the doctors talked about it it gave me a new hope for me right. and first treatment it, you need to be super disciplined if, if people don't know what an IVF entails it entails absolute discipline and this treatment is not like a one day thing or a one week thing it's three months of discipline wow. right from the beginning to the end it's three months of extreme discipline with regards to your medication mm-hmm. with regards to your tests regards to injections that you have to self-inject or somebody has to mm-hmm. give you those injections when they say you have to inject yourself at six o'clock a.m or p.m you don't you you have to do it at that time so it affects your regular schedule it affects everything that's going on in your life but you know what i was totally okay with that you Mm -hmm. know what this is something that i can easily i can something control three months of discipline and the last step with this process was blood work the blood work is going to tell you whether you know the pregnancy is successful or not because what they do in IVF is a little bit of science here is mm-hmm. they take some they take some of the eggs that I have in mm-hmm. my uterus and they my husband's sperm 
outside, they mix it up, form embryos in the lab, mm -hmm. and then they put the nicely developed embryos back into your uterus. Mm -hmm. That's when it's going to start, you know, developing into a baby. And, you know, this if it's a successful pregnancy, you will have a successful result, at least the blood work. Mm -hmm. So the day of the blood work, I was super psyched. I was super excited. I was the first one at the clinic. And... Um, even before the clinic was open and because I want to give my blood work so the sooner they get my blood work done the sooner I will get the result the sooner I get to celebrate that was my that was my mindset that was my attitude that day so went there gave my blood I have to go back to work that day I was super distracted I was constantly checking my phone like oh my god is the, is the doctor gonna call me doctor gonna call me doctor gonna call me right and they said they will call me in the afternoon because that's when afternoon is when they will get all the blood results back and the doctor will have the opportunity to read the charts and they will call me so somehow whatever reason you know i was still looking at the phone i missed the call it went into my voicemail i recognized the number mm -hmm. because i called the clinic so many times so i know exactly where the call came from right it was super i don't know what my feeling was i was very uh -huh. nervous to hear the voicemail what it is yeah. um then i heard the voicemail and it was the doctor calling like hello pradeepa this is dr um campbell and you know i'm very sorry to say that's it that's all i heard I can still remember that I'm very sorry to say I didn't hear the rest of the message. Yeah. My phone actually dropped from my hand. I started crying. I was at the office actually that day. I started crying like tears started flowing in my eyes yeah. because this is something. The reason why it was like so disappointing for me was this is supposed to be the thing that's going to help me with the baby. Right. This is if this is the golden standard, if it doesn't work, right, what are my chances, right? So I was extremely disappointed. I, I cried and then I realized like, okay, I'm, I'm in an office setting. Suddenly I realized that picked up the phone, ran to my desk, took my bag and ran out of the office. Even my colleague who was sitting next to me at the time, he looked at me like he didn't know what was happening. He looked at me like, why is she running? And uh, yeah, so it took a while for me to really um, get out of that disappointment. I was, I actually fell down pretty hard. Yeah. This is how I kind of use this analogy to explain how deep that pain was for me. It's as if you're climbing the stairs of the 30th floor building only to fall face flat from the 30th floor window to the floor. And mm -hmm. that's how bad it was for me. Yeah. But you know what, Michelle? I picked up the pieces, stuck it again, and I went up again. I went up the stairs again. And I went up the stairs again and again and again for eight mm. times in a row. Every wow. time I fell face flat and I got wow. even more broken into pieces. So, so eight IVF cycles, each of three months long, with these extreme disappointments it tested me as a person the days moved on in my calendar but mm -hmm. i was stuck in my life i was stuck physically wow. i was stuck emotionally mentally and spiritually i was so angry at god and i stopped praying for four years in a row because wow. you know what i'm giving myself everything like why me like why not me why did you choose me to be this way? What did I do, right? All these why, 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 why questions yeah. that I couldn't find any answers for. 
Mm-hmm. That was my life shell for 12 years in a row. Wow. That's a long time to go through the questioning and all of those ups and downs. And I think the, the, the question that actually comes to mind for me is how did you keep going? Yeah. Every time I'm naturally a very optimistic person. Mm-hmm. And every time when, I, when this fall happens, I was able to recover from the fall. You know what? Like I am going to give it a try. Mm-hmm. I never give up. I just Try right. and try and try because the doctors tell you, like, let's change this protocol. Let's do this tweak. Mm-hmm. Let's try this test. Let's do this. My fifth, sixth, uh, sorry, my sixth, seventh, and eighth <sighs> IVF cycles, they are all donor cycles. Meaning, after the fifth cycle, doctor said, like, let's stop using your eggs. Maybe there is something <sighs> that's faulty with your eggs. We are still not trying to find out why. Uh-huh. Let's use somebody eggs who are much more younger and, you know, much more, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, healthy, right? right? So we did try that. And the first time, which is my sixth time, and I used the donor eggs, I did get pregnant with twins. So, uh-huh. And only to ended up carrying, losing the twins. And wow. the seventh and eighth time, it never even succeeded. So wow. the fall was getting more and more treacherous for me it was more, yeah. more hard for me I was breaking myself even more at some point after the eighth trial I just didn't have the courage and the strength to get up and walk all over again right I, I the 30th foot floor building it was daunting for me at that time can't even imagine wow so I know there's more to the story. I know there's more to the story because I've seen the photo on your site. So what actually worked for you? Like what what changed? What did you do? And and yeah, share the rest of the story with us. After the eighth treatment, somehow I, my husband even said like, let's even go for one more try. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ninth try. And I got, somehow I said like, you know what? I don't want it to go for the ninth time let's stop here yeah and together and he respected that like it's my decision so he totally respected that and supported me and together we decided to go for adoption that's the route that we both chose together that's how we went and michelle it took us five years it's an international international adoption so we adopted our son karthik from india you know three and a half three years ago at the time, he was three and a half when we brought him home. Now, you know, um, today I actually um, celebrated Mother's Day with him at his school. And what a gift he is, Michelle. You know, Absolutely. All years, I longed for that. Well, happy Mother's it's Day. Really worth it. Thank you. Thank you. And the best gift that I ever got in my life is him. Yeah. I can can understand that feeling for sure. You know, I think the journey you shared, I know so many women who are at various points on that journey. And, and I think it's something that you really, you can't understand unless you've been there and gone through it, what that feels like. So what was it that made you decide, okay, I want to become a coach and work with women who are going through this? Like, yeah. how did that come about? 
I have been a professional coach for eight plus years now, mm-hmm. but I was I was a, just a professional coach. I was I never thought about being or becoming a fertility coach. Mm-hmm. But when I when we brought our son home, I kind of looked back. I had the option, right? I saw these mm-hmm. two roads. I had the option. Okay, you know what? Doesn't matter how my son came. I have a son. Yeah, and I'm a mom, right? And I could have moved on with my life. But you know what I did? I actually looked back and looked at, you know what? There's 12 years of struggles that I had. And I never wanted to forget that struggle. And I wanted to do something about it. Mm -hmm. And what I did was, you know what? I've been a coach already. Now I wanted to help other people who are struggling like me, who are going through the treacherous, who are taking the 30th um, you know, 30th floor journey, right? And I wanted to be with them and I wanted to be by their side. Like you said, this is a journey. Only people who can understand are the people who have taken it before. Yeah, Other than absolutely. And that when people are on the sides, you may just say like, oh, that's, you can just do this, do this, and you'll get on the, no, it's not. It's not the same. And I don't yeah. want to sound any special, but, you know, know what unless people go through Mm -hmm. enforcements and the expectations and the pains people will not understand yeah and I think it's it's one of those yeah it's one of those things too that women don't talk about very often so so many times they're it is they're they're suffering in silence and the the partner in the equation there's almost no support out there for the person who's who's trying to support the person who who doesn't have support in it. I mean, I've watched people struggle through it. And it's like you described, I can watch from the outside, but to understand actually what's going on is, is impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That is, that is such a hard thing. It's still a taboo subject. Still people are Mm -hmm. um, very frustrated. And to me, I struggled in silence for the most part. And I know for a fact that a lot of people struggle in silence and I am opening up to podcasts like you because I don't want other people to struggle in silence. Yeah, it it is something that it helps so much, whatever the challenge is, to know somebody else is going through it and and got through it, found a way to get to the other side of it because otherwise you really do feel like you're all by yourself. You feel like you're alone in it. Absolutely, absolutely. That's that's why this the, the work that I'm doing is so meaningful for me because yeah. it I have been there and I, I've I have been struggling for such a long time and I didn't have the right people to support me. And that was horrible. That was yeah. horrible. I cannot imagine going through that and feeling alone while you're dealing with emotions that are that deep and that challenging. Um so as you're working with clients and, and, and coaching them through, uh, I would assume helping them stay kind of sane as they go through what is an insane human part of the journey, um, what do you find is the most challenging part of it for you? Yeah, one of the things that I'm still seeing that people still don't want to accept mm-hmm. that they are struggling and they think that even talking to somebody like myself or even getting support or help is something they don't want it to do. 
Mm-hmm. They don't want to accept that. Like, you know what? Right. Getting help is the best thing that you can do for yourself. Yeah. And I have seen it over and over with men and women and couples. Mm-hmm. And some of them even go with the uh, fact that like, hey, this is, uh, you know, I don't want it to accept failure because what they think is getting coaching means that they are giving up on their mm-hmm. optimism where I challenge them. No, you're not giving up on your optimism. In in fact, I help you more with the optimism. Yeah. My, my motto is to help your journey, infertility journey, suck less. I cannot control the outcome. I cannot promise your outcome. I will never promise a baby. If I promise, then you should just hang up the phone and you should just run away from me. Right. If somebody tries to promise that, run. Yeah. But what I can help you is to help you with your journey to suck less. I I like that. I like how honest that is as far as as far as a motto for for what you do. That's that's a great way to put it because honestly, sometimes the the goal can't be absolute 100% success. It's got to be, let's just get through this as best as possible and, and right. you know, take care of yourself while you're going through it. Wow. That's, exactly. exactly. That's a fantastic motto. So what is your model of working with clients? I know you mentioned that you've recently been working on some new projects. So tell us about that. Yeah. So typically, when when uh, clients come to me, I um, you know I work one on one with clients, men and women, and some, many times I also work with couples because relationship challenges yes. are, are something that that is quite frequent and that's pretty yeah. common, especially when people are going through infertility. So I, yeah. I do couples coaching as well. Alongside um, some of my recent projects are, I actually have developed an online course, which will be published in Udemy very, very soon. It's a awesome. two hour worth of amazing content. It's a, the thing that I liked about this course is basically it's workbook related. It's not mm-hmm. like you see me as a talking head, you see me as a talking head, but the end of the lesson, you will have activities for yourself mm-hmm. to do. So the course itself called Take Control and Ownership of Your Fertility Journey. So that's um, so that's something because when you take control of your journey, you get to decide how you want it to be in that mm-hmm. journey, right? You get to decide how you want it to show up. And that to me, that is really, really important. Yeah. For 12 years, I never get to choose how I want it to be. I was mm. just going with what my doctors were saying and what my, you know, my husband was saying. I never stopped myself for a second and thought like, hey, is this, I, I'm, I'm so angry. Mm-hmm. I feel sucky right now. You know, mm. I'm feeling jealous. I'm feeling desperate. Yeah. Like I never thought all those things to myself, right? But the course that I have is going to help you figure out where are you with your emotions? Like, are you even acknowledging? Many people are even afraid to acknowledge the emotions. But only if you acknowledge how you're feeling, then you will decide how you want it to go about it. Right. Yeah, I can imagine that that's, yeah, that's got to be one of the things you hear most from clients is that they don't feel in control of their life. I mean, when when you have something like that that's that's not happening that you feel like is supposed to you just feel like you can't control anything so i can see where shifting that perspective so that they can step back and take control would make a huge difference for people exactly it doesn't matter what the outcome is going to be if you don't have control of your life then you're just giving it away right like but when you have a good 
perspective of life and very good perspective of where you want it to be and start mm -hmm. thinking about it in that angle, then that yeah. means you control. You are not being a victim to infertility. Mm. You know what, Michelle? The day that I truly moved on was the day that I realized that, oh my God, infertility is owning me. The mm. day that I realized that I was being a victim, that's when I decided, you know what? Infertility is not going to own me. I am going to own infertility yeah. moving forward. And the way that I'm owning it is becoming a coach and serving other people yeah. so that their journey will and can suck less. Yeah. Gotcha. You know, that's such a, like I said, honest way to describe it, just making that journey something that sucks less that you can get through and feel supported. And I got to ask the question that I, I try to ask everybody I interview, uh, what is your favorite part of what you do? It's just having an opportunity to talk to people who are going through these challenging times in their life mm -hmm. and be able to share my journey. Mm -hmm. I always make it a point to share my journey with people. When I share that, a lot of people thank me mm -hmm. because they are either able to relate to some parts of my uh -huh. journey they are able to relate to some of the emotions that I just expressed. And I'm actually giving them opportunity to share, to open up about their journey. Okay? Yeah. I'm actually giving them some people to thank you. Like This feels like I got permission to share my suckiness with you, Pradeepa. Mm. So that's the favorite part. It doesn't matter, Michelle, whether they actually become my client or not. Just yeah. having a meaningful conversation with somebody and if that conversation itself helps them to move on you know what I made a difference in that person's life and that's the best thing that that is something that I look forward and I cherish in the job that I'm doing as a fertility coach I can see why that would be so rewarding just to to feel that knowing that you've made a difference for somebody that connection I love that. Well, and that explains that uh, you've got so much great content on your website. I took a look at your blog, and there's so many articles there. For anybody who's listening to this, if you've struggled with infertility or you know somebody who is someone in your life or your circle is, send them over to take a look at Pradeepa's blog, her website. She's got tons of information there for you. And reach out and get in touch with her because that may be the conversation that, even if you've been avoiding it, is the one you need to have. Yes, right. absolutely. Please don't struggle in silence because I know for a fact how my life sucked, how my relationship sucked, how everything sucked for me when I struggled in silence. So I hear you. I understand you. And I had been there. I'm not just talking the talk. I have walked the walk for a long time. So please have the conversation. Please reach out and, um, you know, talk. That is the first step. Don't Absolutely. struggle in silence. Absolutely. So for everybody listening, Pradeepa's website is pradeepafertilitycoach.com. That's spelled P-R-A-D-E-E-P-A, fertilitycoach.com. And there's going to be a link somewhere near where you are watching or listening to this podcast today so that you can reach out, get in touch with her, or send to those that you love and care about who could use her support and the information she offers. Uh, thank you, Pradeepa, so much for coming on today, sharing your story and how it led you into the business that you have today. 
Thank you, Michelle. I'm really grateful for you today. Um, again, so glad to be here today and having this conversation, which is much needed. Yes, that's definitely a topic that needs to be out there more so that people know they're not alone and there is support. Yes. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in. Those of you who are listening to this episode, please rate, like, review, subscribe, and we will catch you back again for another episode.